Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, welcome to another episode of Rahalastapur. What? This? Oh, this is nothing. Uh, if you're listening on the audio, this just, uh, I've just got a big head... On my desk, it's not the first big head I've had on this desk. You know what I'm saying? I've also put my own big head on there sometimes. Yeah, so what? I won Taskmasters, so what? Let's not make a big deal about it, everyone. Come on, just grow up. It's only a TV show. We don't need to go on about it all the time for the rest of our lives, okay? Uh, Champion of Champions in 2021. Let's see who wins that little baby. So uh, thank you for all your support this year. Happy Christmas. We've got one more Rahalastapa coming out this year, but this one is with the fantastic Rod Gilbert and is a really special one. It's very funny. He's very honest. Um, I think he might be a little drunk. And I might be a little drunk. We'll see. Um, do support me if you can. Why not buy a copy of The Problem With Men if you haven't got one already? It's a brilliant late Christmas gift. It's a brilliant way to spend the book tokens that your auntie has sent you. It's £10.99 or something. It's probably a book, probably your £10 book, book token from your Auntie Jean will do it. Um, but uh, you could become a monthly badger as well. Remember, at the end of year, monthly prize draw is up. And it's, that's always a big one with lots of extra special things. Maybe my Taskmaster trophy will be one of the prizes. It will not. 
Um, but uh, so become a badger. GoFasterStrike.com slash badges. All your money goes back into making more content. We'll make more Rahalastabas. We'll make, I like the way they're on the picture, it looks like it's got feet, it's got Greg's feet coming out the head. Um, we will make uh, more sketches for Twitch of fun. Hopefully in 2021 we can get out and actually make some sketches outside check out my twitch channel twitch.tv slash rk herring and remember if you're with amazon prime you can use your subscription and link your accounts to amazon gaming twitch and you can then give us five pounds every month at no cost to yourself and we get three pound fifty of it and one pound fifty disappears i don't know what happens to that but that's a great way again to fund us and make sure we can keep making free podcasts for you to enjoy become a monthly badger you get lots of extra interviews prizes you can win and um stand-up shows you can watch and a membership badge and a membership card go com slash badges if you want to join that and give us maybe three pounds a month more if you want it's up to you it's good anyway have a lovely christmas my fine friends i'm on the chase on christmas day 5 p.m on itv let's see how i do on that do i win a massive golden head of bradley walsh we'll see let's come back next week to see if i have that um and uh, thank you for watching. Let's sit back, relax, and listening, and enjoy Raha La Sturpa with Rod Gilbert. Hello, please welcome a man who's in Santa's Grotto. It's Richard Herring. Hooray! It's Christmas, nearly if you're watching it live, but much more nearly if you're listening to the podcast. Welcome to Richard Herring's Loosening Santa's Trousers podcast. Because he's eaten so much, not because I'm, I'm trying to get into his bits and you know good way of getting extra presents though i guess uh though i was talking to rudolph the red-nosed reindeer it's christmas themed yesterday uh he calls it rahalastapa stop saying that you people over there um so uh i've always found and this is apropos of nothing i was just thinking about this i think the rupert the red-nosed reindeer song is is deeply offensive and wrong um the other reindeer won't hang around with Rudolph because he's got a red nose and they think he's different. Uh, and then, because Santa uses him to light his sleigh, suddenly all, they all love him, and that's okay. The end verse should be, Rudolph says, fuck off all you other reindeer. You didn't like me when I wasn't famous, and I'm not going to be your friend now. I'm, I'm going to rewrite that story, and I'm going to turn it into a, an animated classic where Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer uh, is a bit more sweary. Oh, I had a picture of him. There he is. Look, there's Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Uh, it's nice, isn't it? Um... So, what's been going on this week? Uh, I have been acting. I've been acting in a, a proper film, a feature film. I think it's an independent one. Um, I certainly didn't have a Winnebago or anything. Uh, we were filming in a church in Epping. Um, it's unusual because I wasn't playing a paedophile or a sex someone who uses sex workers. So, uh, even though I had this moustache and some, gl- I look like I do, though in the second scene I did, I did slightly perv over a a woman young enough to be my daughter, so I suppose I was still typecast. Um, when we were in the church in Epping, um, this has sort of stuck with me this week, and I've thought about it more. I forgot to take a photo of it, but the, in the vestry where we where our green room was, there was a little plaque up on the wall dedicated to a woman who'd worked in the church, right? I think in about 1950. I can't quite remember. Um, and it, it had a name and, and said what her job was. Uh, and then the rest of the plaque, apart from that, said... Uh, she had died one month short of her 95th birthday. Um, and that just seemed an odd detail of all the things you could put on a plaque to someone's life. You did, she didn't mention any of her achievements, what she'd done at the church, whether she'd had 
anything exciting in her life. They could have just said she was 94. That would have still been... It's like being. It's not like, oh, my God, she got so close to being 95. What a tragedy she died. You know, 94 and 11 months and 95, it's the same, right? If it had been 100, then, oh, she nearly got to 100, but she didn't. What I'm saying, to have a plaque to her and then waste all the words on it on just saying she very nearly got to be 95 years old and that's all we find out, but that's a defining thing, not a kindness, not what she did for, not what she did for her family. Um... Maybe they literally had nothing else to put. They had a number of words they had to get up there. They just couldn't. If we say she was 94, we have to come up with nine more words about her nine and a half decades of life. Not quite nine and a half, Simon. Good point. We can use it. I just thought it was tragic. And I think I'm going to go and try and find out this. I'm going to go back to the church. I'm going to find out what the woman's name is. I'm going to try and find out more about her life. And I'm going to make my own plaque with things from her life in it. it you know, it could be a new show. It could be that she just didn't have anything. I think maybe just someone had bought her a present for her 95th birthday and it was probably quite an expensive one and then she died and they were fucked off, right? I think that's got to be the reason to it. But I've been thinking about it a lot and I don't I don't even remember her name because I didn't take a photo of it. What a world. Okay, uh, what else has been going on? Um, our Taskmaster continues. Uh, we're... Uh, that's that's me. I don't know why they chose me for the task where you had to do lots of different accents and uh, I was very good at it. So it all worked out all right. I overcame a 10-point deficit. I'm now one point in the lead with two shows to go. It couldn't be more exciting. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, again, wanking in a bush was what I was typecast there as, as the acting by Greg Davis as well. So I hope you're all enjoying that. Uh, I want to show you the power of uh, Rahul Astapa in that um, Kiel uh, Bino Smith uh, was on, Smith Bino was on... Uh, the other week and uh oh it hasn't even got his whole thing that's come off kl smith bino was on the other week and didn't have a wikipedia page but now he's got a wikipedia page and that is the power of rahalastapa so thank you very much for those of you who did that uh, and joined in with that so do tune in to taskmaster on thursdays if you're listening to it live you know what's if you're listening to it on the 23rd of december you know the result but the people watching it live have no idea what has happened how you can lord over those idiots in the past. Look, let's crack on. Buy my book. It's a perfect Christmas gift. You've got to buy it today to get it delivered tomorrow if it's the 23rd. That my guest this week is probably best known for being Wales' sexiest man of 2010. Will you please welcome the incredible Rod Gilbert, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. It's Rod Gilbert. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? 2010 was a long time ago. It was. I'm looking now and I'm going, those 10 years. <laughs> You're looking, cruel. Jesus Christ. I mean, both of us, to be fair. Both, <laughs> yeah. Both We're are. pretty much the same age, I I, I, I realised today. A, I think I'm a, a year and a couple of months older than yeah, you. I think yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I, I think, yeah, you're a bit older, clearly. Yeah. It's the moustache. What do you think of the moustache? Think I should keep it? This was for a November well, and then for an acting role. Do you, do you dye it? No, that's what I think's weird. Uh, it's... Do you think it's because I just haven't grown that hair very much that there's a store of brown hair? No, I don't the... understand. I don't understand hair at all. No. I, I've got, I haven't got any grey hair on my head, but then this is grey. And you choose to. I would dark, choose. Dark again. Dark. Dark, 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 dark. Very dark. <laughs> Sinister. Mine's going grey all over. I'm going grey all over, but not the moustache. The beard no. has grey in it. I want to have a beard, yeah. Is it slightly gingery, your, your moustache? No, I, don't, it, I, don't, I wouldn't say gingery. I'm looking at, it's, hang on, let little, me maximise you. Let me maximise you. Yeah, I'm taking it off tomorrow. 
Are you? Yeah. It's a, it's a Movember thing. It was Movember, and then, yeah, then I just had... I've been redoing my driving instructor character who has a moustache. It made me think that I now look like this character I did uh, 27 years ago, so I brought back a 27-year-old no. character. Rich, you, you, you do not look anything like you did 27, honestly. <laughs> you, I was you, playing... You, I was trying to play a middle-aged man then, it, so now... Even then, even, <laughs> even that. Even then, no... <laughs> Even if you were trying to play an octogenarian <laughs> 27 years ago, you still look older now, honestly. Well, when they I put say that with love, they put some white in it for the part that I did last week, and I looked like the octogenarian from a different little <laughs> fun sketch. So there we go. What happened with the set? How, how, who decided that you were the sexiest man of 2010, and who voted for that? And, <laughs> and Nobody I mean, voted. I know it's in Wales, so it's a limited gene pool. It but. is. It is a very fucking low bar, <laughs> if I say so myself. They rang me up. It was like the Western Mail. It's like a local paper. That's all it was. it was. It wasn't voted for by any actual real people. It was just a local paper going, "Who's you know who's around at the moment?" It's Bryn Terrell again. We we can't have Bryn Terrell again. Tom Jones. I mean, Tom Jones still makes the top five. But ninety-seven. It's nice. I don't know. It's nice to get, isn't it? It's great. I would, honestly, I, would, I had a bottle of champagne. Yeah. Not from them. I just, I myself, I was celebrating myself at home. What a day that was, honestly, two, 2010. What a year, what a day. And then when you were Now look at everything. When you weren't the sexiest man of 2011, though, did that then, did it hurt more that your, your star had fallen? I, I think I fell about, I think I was still in the teens. Right. So I was quite, I was still quite happy. Okay. I think the following year, yeah, I, I was flicking through the pages. <laughs> there must, there must be some kind of mistake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I've dropped out completely. Aww. I'm not even sure. If, I'm not even sure if the paper's still going. To be honest. Okay. Well, the... I think it was such a backlash. <laughs> How dare you give it to him? Oh, well, I still, you're still looking good to me, Rod. I think you know. Oh, we, thank you, mate. As men, not just at the moment for me. I'm wearing a Christmas jumper and I've got a moustache. Uh, yeah. And look terrible, but you know, as men, we, we get a little bit longer to bask in that in that light of sexiness. Yeah, then, I mean, I think I think we get a little bit less pressure from birth to death. Is how it goes. But I found it difficult because in this <laughs> in this film, I was playing like a, a grown up woman's dad, and that is the first time I've ever played. I think anyone's father, apart from like babies and stuff like that. So, how old was the woman? She, I mean, she turned out she was thirty five. Uh, so she was playing a tw- you could be a dad she you was could be a dad. she was playing 22 or something nick helm was my son in it as well so nick helm who's 13 years younger than me and i think looks a bit older than me yeah i i could see why you'd be ins- i would be insulted if tv yeah. did to break the convention that 53 year old men go out with 18 year olds yeah. <laughs> it's a shame how dare shame. them cast you as a father for fuck's sake <laughs> What's going on? Shame. I didn't get any of that. But it was quite, it was sort of a weird, you know, it's sort of that, are you feeling that as you get into your 50s of the the past passage of time and the the, the way that that's, tri- you know, like there was a there was a bit where I had to like be slightly saucy to some actress who was playing this, uh, you know, giving out drinks at this party. And then you kind of go, well, I can do that, that's fine. And then you think, yeah, but from her point of view, I was made to look a bit older than I am. I'm a, I am just a disgusting, I'm still disgusting. in my head. I'm, I'm a... Yeah. reasonably sexy young man but i'm a disgusting yeah. old no. man you are you need to yeah. you need to you need to either take a photo of you i mean you could do it now if you want just have a look at your own picture there just stop talking for like i don't know no, maybe five to ten seconds for it to sink in yeah hold on take the glasses off. 
it's not. I think once no, the moustache is gone, disgusting. Fucking disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. But is is that hard? Do you find that? See, I, you know, both of us. Are, uh, of course, I do. Both of us are in. Uh, I hope happy relationships. I hope I am. Um, and so I just want. I want young women to still find me attractive, but I don't want to do anything about it. That's that's. Do you? Yeah, I don't want. To, I just want. I want to. I want the in Welsh newspaper. You want say, young people. You want young women to find you attractive. I want young girl. I just want to be found attractive. I older women as well. I want to be attractive how, still, and and I'm not, and I find it difficult to. How young are you talking? <laughs> <laughs> like someone who's thirty could say. I'm going to come up with one of these sayings about if there's someone who's thirty. Or I don't know what I don't know what my cutoff point would be now, because I'm not in in that game. You know, I did have a cutoff point when I was forty, but it was quite. It was. It was. I, I'm just going to let you keep talking, Ruth. I'm just going to let you keep talking. <laughs> Keep keep talking, mate. The but now, you know, I think. But I also feel once you pass forty, you're in a different continent. To you know, the continent, the continental drift between people in their twenties yeah. and thirties and people in their forties and fifties is so far. There's no way back. I mean, some no, people do I, it. I, I don't even. I don't even hope that that young women find me attractive. Right. I I I I, I don't know when that stopped, but a long while ago. <laughs> <laughs> They play to you. No, I'm glad. It's good. It's good yeah. that you. It's good that you still want. I young just want to be. You know, I want to be young, but I'm not. I'm yeah. not young. That's yeah. it. That, I think the realization of playing a grown woman's dad, it, it hit me hard. It made me. The thing feel... is, the thing is, as men though, we don't get the the pressure that women get. So you you still want young women to find you. But do you want older women to find old yeah, women sure. to find I mean, you attractive? Anyone, just any any port in a storm. Right so if point. anybody, so if a if an eighty somebody in the early eighties <laughs> yeah. found you attractive, you, you'd be oh great. I man, would be cool. pleased, and I'm not going to do anything yeah. about it. But I would go. It's nice that someone likes me still. I used to be, yeah. you know. I wasn't very confident as a young man. I, mean, I, think you I was were, a contender. You were a very. <laughs> Do you know shy, who I am? <laughs> you were a very shy young man. But I was. But looking back at myself, like, you know, I was. I was all right looking. I was okay looking. Yeah, you still are. I'm okay looking, but you know. I mean, you're not gorgeous, but you're all right. Anyway, let's move on from that. Yeah. Um, well, have you used that, that thing about the woman that was? Did you hear me talking about the dedication to this woman and and the being remembered just for dying a month before she turned ninety five? Oh, I heard a bit of it. Yeah, what did was you it? Think, well, I just saw a dedication to a woman in the church. She'd worked at the church, and that all it said on the plaque was she died a month short of her ninety fifth birthday, and that was her life. That you know, that's, that's, <laughs> yes, that's that the summing so... up of her life. I mean, so it's not that, that big a deal harsh. to die a month short of your ninety fifth birthday, and she must have done no. other things. Have you ever seen a, a worse dedication? To... Like they've gone to the trouble that of is dedicating harsh. something to her and then just not saying anything about her. Yeah, that that is very, very, very. For somebody who's accomplished so much, yeah. that is that is pretty damn. That's reductive. That is reductive. Yeah. That's reducing her life to almost making it to ninety-five. <laughs> Was that it? Yeah. There's nothing else. That's All her achievements. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I didn't hear your bit there, yeah. but. Um, Whatever it was, I 100% agree with. Yeah, it's terrible. Do you, have you ever have you experienced anything like? Oh. That? Would, what's the worst thing you think they could say that if they were summing up your life, Rod Gilbert, and they had ten words to sum it up? What's the worst thing they could say? Uh, <laughs> that is hard. It is. That is hard. I don't. I don't think I could beat that. Yeah. I don't think I could beat. I mean, there's lots of things people could say say about me that I would uh, I would accept. Um, but I I I would be happy. If anyone says anything, to be yeah. honest with you, if, if if it's even marked, if my passing is even, 
I mean, oh. I'm not on social media, but if there was just a tweet or something, it'd be nice, <laughs> I wouldn't think, it? I uh, think, I mean, you've got to, you've probably got <laughs> to die. Just put a tweet out. That would be enough for me. Well, I sort of think, like, if you live to, if anyone lives to, like, be 110, you're not going to get much back, you know. People, everyone who knew you is going to be dead. If I lived to 110, no one will remark on my death. But if I could yeah. die in the next two or three years, probably get mentioned in uh, The Guardian. <laughs> yeah, definitely The Guardian. <laughs> yeah. Probably, only get, the Guardian. probably some people on Twitter go, oh, that, I met him, it's, it, was, it was all right, it's sad. How would you feel if you died and the only mention you got was like in the Daily Mail? <laughs> nobody else even nobody else even remarked on your passing. That would nobody. be bad. Like nobody, not even Twitter, nothing. <laughs> so your, your site was just closed down by Twitter and that and Facebook and, and this just stopped. Yeah. Chris, uh, the, your, Chris your, your sound man, your producer, they just, just left it. Yeah. And the only thing was a couple of lines in the daily mail <laughs> i mean at least it's something rod it's something yeah you're right i'll take it it's you've got to take what you can get <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> so look i've been listening to your new newish podcast you got into the podcast game hey before you get onto that i yeah. thought you always start this podcast with some fucking putting me on the back foot with some that was the sex found man. some weird oh that was the uh, was it yeah <laughs> that was it I thought oh, that, that was it. I got away quite lightly. You did yeah. get away quite lightly. I mean, you've done some some rubbish, but not nothing. <laughs> that. You've mainly yeah. done quite good stuff. Yeah, it's all right. I'm still I'm, I'm still doing some of it. Let's face it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your podcast because Go uh, it's good. It's and like it's very triggering for me. I'm going to tell you this straight away. Okay, oh. it's called yeah. froth. Yeah, uh, and it's you and your wife and Barry Castanola, Castanola, who's yeah. a great stand up. Your wife is called Sean. Yeah. My first girlfriend uh, was called Sean. Right. And had and, and 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 it's triggering for me to hear a woman, a Welsh woman called Sean talking, and I find oh. it very difficult to hear. When you say you triggering. Call, yeah, because it makes me do you mean, remember. Do you, mean you're, do you mean you're going off in your trousers? <laughs> well, almost, but not quite. Because <laughs> it, it makes it just all the time. I'm just thinking about my first, and, the, and I really, I've got a thing for the Welsh accent, only from a yeah. woman, though, unfortunately. Okay. Or fortunately, whichever you're looking at. <laughs> yeah. um, so for 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 the main person, one of the main people in the podcast to be a Welsh woman called Sean, it yeah. keeps on taking me back into the, my into, teenage uh, years of... Where, where does it take you to? Well, it takes me to just the sexual frustration of going out with someone for two years and basically only occasionally kissing them. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? I was 16 to 18. 16 to 18? Yeah, so I did. I was... I was I, I, I got nowhere near losing my virginity. I went out with her for two years. She was yeah. a little, so she was 14 when I started going out with her. So it's a, you know, it's a, back in those that days, goal. that was yeah. all right. 16 and 14 was yeah. all right. Uh, but it was a very innocent relationship, maybe 19 and 17. Maybe we got that far. But When did you lose your virginity then? When I was nearly 20. I was very late. Really? Yeah. And I'd had sex once. I mean, I would say half a time and only because I got concerned and stopped it. Not because you know I didn't come off. What? I didn't go Did you off get concerned early. for her health. I got concerned because she uh, we weren't using any contraception. And oh, I, and I, I thought you were concerned about your own fitness. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and so I was, tw- I was about two months off being twenty, and then yeah. I didn't have sex again for another year. And I had sex one what? time. One. So by the time you were twenty-one, your twenty-first birthday, you'd yeah. had sex one point five. Probably by twenty by my twenty-first birthday, I'd probably had sex about six times. Oh, six with, times. with two women. Oh, fair play. My, I lost my virginity. I, 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 I didn't know. I didn't have any sex education in school. Mm-hmm. Nor did you, probably, in the early 80s. A little we're bit, rough, but yeah, we're not about nothing. the same age. Yeah. Nothing. We had nothing in no. Wales. And, 
And so I, I was, I can't remember what age we were. Right. And her parents were out and she lay down on the bed and we, all the lights were off. Yeah. And I sort of fumbled my way into the bathroom. I don't think I've ever told anybody this before. Okay. I fumbled my, I mean, she'll know, but <laughs> I fumbled my way into the bathroom, yeah. put the light on and made the fatal error of unrolling the condom completely oh. and then trying to put it on. Yeah. I got, I got it on literally three quarters of an inch to an inch just, just on, and then, and then it was just hanging down. <laughs> I sort of came back into the room and, and we tried to do it. Right. And I, and I tried to sort of stuff the condom in first. <laughs> <laughs> So is that half a time or is that a quarter? <laughs> I don't think that even counts as half a time. I don't know if it can. I mean, I don't see. I don't even. I was thinking the other day, does my first time even count? I was technically what inside. What happened? Talk me so I'll, in, tell if it, I'll tell you if it counts. I'll drop I was this technically in. So like, uh, it was. Uh, we'd, right. we'd, I'd been going out with this girl for about three or four days with someone we'd worked with. We'd been doing sketches. Three or four together. days? Yeah, we were, were, were students. We'd been, we'd, been, we'd been in a sketch group together. But we'd sort of got together. and We'd been to bed a couple of times, but not had the full deal rod you know that yeah, other things okay. have gone on and I've then she sort of climbed on top of me and uh, pulled me into her uh and god this sounds like a mills and boone novel <laughs> pulled me into her that's much more romantic than mine and then i well, was sort of but then i was right because we, we, there was no contraception but also nothing you know it was quite a it was it was a there wasn't much going on you know she was just sitting there and i was just sitting there and then I, f- I felt like worried about it. So I was once you're inside, does that count, or do you have to? Do you have? What's to... that counts? That counts. What are you thinking? That only? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know? But it doesn't. Like I was. Te- you think you have to that... come out once and then go back in <laughs> for it to count? <laughs> I'm counting it. I count it, but that. I, but it's, it's. I think you definitely count it if you go in a club once. You don't yeah. have to. You've been in the club. You don't have to come back out and ask the bouncers to let you back in again. You go to space. You go to space. You don't have to come out and go back in. But given I waited that long to my precious gift of my virginity, it was a literal anticlimax. So did I'm jotting this down. I'm yeah. <laughs> down some of the salient points. So so she's sitting on top of you, uh-huh. doing nothing. Yeah, You're like. You're lying on the bed, are you? I'm lying down. I think she wanted to, you know, like sometimes women just want to be for things to go very slowly, like to the to to the extent that nothing's yeah, happening at all. <laughs> you, and you can do that for a bit, but on your first go, you know, you want to get a couple of pumps in there just to get yeah, the, yeah. Get the ball inflated. I wasn't going to say the word pumps, but it's your <laughs> podcast, and you are in a position to do that. But so you both lay there. Yeah, but she but was sitting how, up, sitting up. Yeah. How, yeah. how long? How long? How long did it carry on? Did it <laughs> how long's my penis? Say carry on. No, how oh, long? No. Oh, what, what happened? How well, long did it go on actually, for? I was in there and I was maybe in there for 10 seconds and then I said, uh, you know, I'm not, we shouldn't do this because I haven't got a, any contraception. Right. So I was a very responsible young man. That is very difficult to see if that counts. I'd, I'd throw that out to Would listeners. You? Yeah. So then, then uh, if that's the case, I'm, tw- I'm in my 20s and I can't I think re- it does. No, I think it does count. I've decided. Okay. I think uh, it's a big... It's, Big tick there. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so as as I was anyway. listening to your podcast, I was just thinking about the sexual frustration. Oh yes, I remember. I met my, my wife. I met my girlfriend Sean when I was. She came to live in London when I was when we were in our early twenties, and we went out for one night and had a kiss that night. And I, that's what. See, that's your your podcast has opened up all kinds of. Wow. Things. We snogged, and then she was going out with someone else, and then I didn't see her again until 
I think, uh, marry. I, th- I went to a... Did I go to a... I don't think I went... To, I saw her at someone else's wedding, like, years but later. My, our wives are, are friends, aren't they? Our wives, yeah. Our actual wives are friends, yeah. Our actual wives are friends. Yeah, they are. Oh, well, in she's fact, not coming been, over to your house. <laughs> I've, been, I've been out I've been out with my wife and your wife. What? Friends. I think all <laughs> did I just share a cab with them. I can't remember. Met, or, was it just my, or was it just my wife? And <laughs> it was just your wife. You were off on tour. She, just said, she said, I've called Sean. She had the accent. I said, all right, let's just go. You pretend to be the other Sean. And then it's, I don't feel morally that this is wrong. <laughs> she agreed. Uh, yes, I've met your wife. She's lovely and she's very funny. She's very pretty. Is it, what's it like? Because me and my wife have done a few things together. Like she's been on my podcast and we've done a few things on Twitch together, messing around. Uh, is that good for a relationship to be doing comedy together, doing a podcast together, or is it? Well, on the whole, it's fine. Yeah. On the whole, it is fine. We're we're fine with it. Yeah. Uh, it has. It's. We're both slightly control freaky, and you can kind of only have like because of the, the amount of work involved. You know, you know, in not not there's much prep. But there's a bit of prep, and there's a bit of admin. There's a bit of working yeah. out. You know, to, and so one of you has to take a bit of the lead and then the person who takes a bit of the lead feels that it's kind of their thing sure um this is me i'm talking about yeah. by the way <laughs> when i say one of you or one of you but also it's because it was kind of the genesis of it it sort of evolved i think out of my radio show on radio wales where i did that for 10 years before sean came on as a co-host yeah uh, so i did it with other people for 10 years before she got involved sure. so i saw i sort of feel that it's my thing i guess and then of course she's got strong opinions on it and want, and so that's where it can get a little bit tense yeah. but broadly but i like fine. that though i like there's a little bit of tension in the podcast bit of an edge and i like it you're a proper i mean look you get on if the podcast is anything to go by you got on very well you've got a very good sense of humor together and it's a very nice relationship but because you've you've been together a good while you're able to be honest with each other and yeah. uh, honest when you when you wind each other up, and it's good. But that's that's where it's. I mean, it's Richard and Judy, isn't it? That's what Richard and Judy's all about. Is it? I suppose, I, suppose, I suppose we are the new the new Richard. <laughs> I mean, God, I'd love to be the new Richard Madeley. I would, honestly. Yeah. That's, if that, if that you said earlier, what would what could be the uh, <laughs> the, the new Richard Madeley? What Gilbert. could be on the plaque? Honestly, the, <laughs> the new, new Richard, Richard Madeley. Madeley. Or even not one. even the new one. Just uh, just one of them. And so the podcast is you take a couple of silly stories from the news and just chat them about, chat run about them it. and have some guests over Run with Zoom. it. Yeah, and run with it. But what's yeah. nice about it is that we can actually follow the conversation. So we go, I don't know the answer to that. Who might know that? And then we'll just ring. Yeah, that's really good. We, I love that. People we know or people we don't know and just follow the conversation until we get answers or don't get answers or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, very... We did it completely trying to get away from the news cycle this year has been... Yeah. So fucking grim. Yeah. <laughs> so we did tried it, to do it, you know. Did it come out of that, though? Was that the reason you started it? To, because of, there, was, there was no live gigs, so you thought you'd do the podcast? Well, I, I, I mean, I was on tour when yeah. this uh, happened. I literally fled Ireland. I, was in, I, was in, I, did, I did my 110th, God. Uh, I think, tour yeah. show in, in Belfast. And then I was off to Dublin and Galway and Limerick. And I was on my way to Dublin, the the gig the next day and my agent rang me she said turn around get to the airport island's locking down no gigs so we literally so sort i of hightailed it to the airport got out of there yeah um and got back to britain where the mood was a little bit more relaxed it has to be said you know yeah. we weren't we didn't lock down for a few more days but um so yeah i mean lockdown's been very very odd up, up and down i've had some really dark times it's been really up and down properly yeah. like 
properly struggling at times sure. um, and some shit that's happened in my life. And um, the, the podcast really, what it was totally born out of that. It was totally just going, we want to come down here in this basement and just talk shit and forget everything else. Yeah. Just talk about monster munch or ferrets or <laughs> fucking feet or whatever it is and just let yourself go. You know, and it has been nice for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it is, it is fun because it's funny, these silly stories. Now, I was just listening to this week's one. I have listened to a couple of them. But I was just listening to the latest one. Uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, I've discovered that you have eczema in your ear. That's that's quite yeah. interesting. I don't think we would have found that out anywhere else. I wouldn't have found that out by Googling. No, and I, I've never mentioned it before to anybody, right. I don't think. Not even to Sean. I think Sean was surprised, yeah. She was surprised, yeah. It just came up in a story. That guy, there was, it was Sadiq Khan's deputy this week, was on a Zoom meeting. And at one point, he, he got caught with, he took his glasses off and he had the arm of his glasses in his ear like that, right? On a, on a Zoom meeting with, with well, Sadiq Khan and stuff. And then, and, then he, and then he took it out and ate it. I mean, that is a... It's. I mean, there's a many parts of the body I think are edible, and there's many things that come out of the body you can have a little crack at. But oh, earwax is the. A... I mean, I remember even as a kid, you know, you try everything when you're a kid, right? Yeah, earwax is straightforward, I think. But you it, try it, it, you try earwax, and you go, yeah. okay, I don't need to try that one again. That's it's yeah, not. We all know. We all know it's bitter. Yeah. It's not I don't much. know quite how we know that, but earwax is really simple. A quick yeah. sniff when you definitely. <laughs> Hundred percent. If you say you know, you're lying. Yeah. Taste it. No, I don't think you do. I don't think most people do. No. So he was gouging it out with his ears, with his glasses, literally gouging it out, and then spooning it into his mouth on a Zoom meeting with Sadiq Khan and yeah. other dignitaries. And um, and then his ex- he said that he had eczema of his ear canal, and I went, I saw that. That's what I've got. That is, and I've had that. I've had that for forty years. I've I've had treatment for it. That's exactly what I've got. It is. It is painful. Yeah. Having said that, you don't need to spoon it out with your glasses and eat it. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd make you even less like to eat it, wouldn't it? If it's got eczema, it's not just the earwax; it's sort of earwax with eczema. Oh, that's interesting, in actually. Do you think that makes it? Maybe that makes it tastier. That is interesting. It's got flaky skin in 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 the wax. Yeah, it's almost like a sort of nougat effect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting one. That is yeah. it. Is it more or less appetising with with uh, eczema? Ear canal well, I mean, you're it. the man to find out. We could find we could find out live. On... Oh, I could do this live. I, I haven't got. Ex- I've only got it in one ear, so okay. I could literally have a control ear. Yeah. Well, I just eat. I just eat the wax, and then the other one I can eat the with and flakes of eczema skin in it. And then I can feed back to everybody. Blind taste <laughs> test. Like, imagine your listeners there's people listening going, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> it's gonna be like that paddy mcginnis show with people just switching off boo. i know well i did i actually when you started bringing it up on your podcast i had to turn the, your podcast off but then i just <laughs> list, i listened to the rest of it on the dog walk but it was like yeah this is this is too much the thing about yeah. well yeah, again this is sean as well but judy was it judy dench or someone it was an actress who had oh uh, yeah yeah judy dench yeah, judy dench had given a kiss of life to a fish and yeah. then Sean claimed she'd given a kiss of life to a fish. Yeah, as well. yeah, lying, lying. She hasn't. I think they're Sha- both. Sean often lies. Off, she lies. Well, I think Judy Dench lies. is lying as well. Because surely, well, why would Judy Dench like Sean? I get it. But why? But you, you <laughs> can't give a kiss of life to a fish because a fish has gills. It can't. It doesn't ingest oxygen well, in the same way. So you can't blow into it and give it air. That's killing. I'm more it, isn't inclined. It? Air I don't kills. Know. I... Air kills a fish. You need Does to put it? it back in... Yeah, it swims in water. If you take a fish out of water, it dies. That's why, because it's not in water. You can't See, if... blow into its mouth. That's just ki- that's like just pouring water into your mouth in a torrent. It's like putting a hose pipe in your mouth. 
going, that'll make you better, Rod. What's wrong with him? Why we're, about, better? we're on to Taskmaster already. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think uh, see, if, we, if I was on the podcast now, yeah. we'd have this conversation. I'd go, I don't know, actually. Let's ring somebody. We'd either yeah. ring a, goldf- a fish expert or we would ring <laughs> a comedian who we happen to know who had a goldfish or something like that. Yeah. That's where we'd go. But I get Judy Dench lie. I mean, Judy Dench wouldn't, doesn't, wouldn't lie about it. Yeah. She wouldn't lie. But you think your wife... Sean, would- oh, Sean, fuck. Sean's got nothing else. <laughs> So all she's got is a fantasy life of blowing into goldfish and eating chow mein out of her dad's pocket. That was the week before. Do you hear that I one? I did hear that one. That was great as Fucking well. Fucking lie as well. In a hotel room, she said she had a full beef chow mein out of her yeah. father's pocket. No, she didn't. And I have to pick her up on this. I'm sorry. Well, it's very good. It's very entertaining. Do all listen to it. Did you see the... I mean, you're not on Twitter. They were on Twitter, Twitter uh, this week. There's a... There's a um, confession site and i've just forgotten what it's called uh it's run by rob manuel uh he does a few things and it was and people can anon confessions or something it's called but i can't remember right. the name of it but um a manager says i got uh i got a great deal for my comedian uh, client uh, to do his own podcast and got him a fantastic deal and every week um i tell him he's done a great job and i've never listened to a single episode do you think, I know it's not me because my management have never done anything with my podcast and I've never had a great deal in any podcast. Do you think it could be you, Rod? I'm trying to work out who it is. Do you think it could be you? Did you get a great deal? Does every week no. your manager go, great show today? I, I'm going to, I haven't told this to anybody else. Yeah. But we're still operating on a loss. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Because we pay Barry Castagnola a proper wage to produce oh, good. it. Good. Right. And so. then. And then nobody else gets any money. So I don't get any money. Okay. Sean doesn't get any money. And my agent gets 15% of fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> Her words. I think you're safe then. All right, that's, that's the way it should be. That's the two of us out of that. So that's, that's good to hear. So what? So look, you'd just gone back to stand-up after like eight years off stand-up. or something like that, wasn't it? You hadn't done a stand-up yeah. show for eight years. I think about seven years. Seven yeah, but years. yeah, a long, a long, a very long break. I didn't think I'd do it again. Yeah. So what brought you back to it, and how annoying? And are you going to be able to carry on the tour? Or are you still? I mean, I know you've got dates in in February or something, but that's not. Uh, no, I haven't. I've got. I've got. I put a couple of socially distanced dates in in March. Right. Basically, I had about thirty-six left to go. Right. Uh, and then I was filming the show and stuff. That all got cancelled. Um, so. We've just bumped it, kept bumping it yeah. from March to July, to July to September, September to January to March. <laughs> At the moment, I've got a couple in March, socially distanced, and the rest are in July and then the autumn. Oh, OK. Well, so, that should be. Okay. Who knows? I'll keep bumping them. If not, people have been very kind. Most people have kept their tickets, you know. But I, I also appreciate there's a massive recession coming. And, and I'm, I'm expecting the boo, boo, boo. I'm expecting <laughs> the tickets to start being refunded any second, which is utterly fair enough. Sure, sure. Uh, is that... I mean, was it great? Was it good to come back to stand up after that length of time? Uh, or and and is that frustrating to have been stopped? Or is it? I've got a weird, I've got a very love hate relationship with stand up. Sure. Where I, I know so many stand ups who uh, have to be on stage. They love it. They miss it. They get withdrawal symptoms if they don't go on stage every few days or whatever. I'm not remo- I'm not remotely like. I get such performance anxiety. I'm so fucking stressed by the whole idea of it. I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm a mess. Right. So in seven years, I didn't do a gig. I did not miss it for one day. Right. Not at all. Um, and then and then um, I, just one or two circumstances happened in my life, and I found myself suddenly writing a show again writing for the first time in seven years and back on stage. And, and 
with my same love hate relationship. I, right. I, 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 I love doing it and it's got the buzz, but the nerves and the stress, the strain on me is so immense that if I don't do it, I'm not worried. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like that's a surprise. I mean, I used to get nervous, but I don't, I mean, I don't, it's not, I get like heightened. I get, you know, there's adrenaline, but I don't any, I, unless I'm doing something that I've really not done before. I mean, I guess you're doing really big gigs, but was it the same as small gigs as well, or is it? It don't, don't make any difference. No. The size of the gig is 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 neither here nor there. I, yeah. I get the same nerves when I'm doing the preview gigs in a, in a room of fifty people, in the lots of many many lovely pub gigs around the country. We can go and try out stuff. I get exactly the same feeling that sure. as I as I do in in the bigger ones. You know, exactly right. identical. You know, and I'm, I'm outside pacing the streets, right. you know, pacing, 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 just bouncing off the walls, basically. You know, yeah. so, I, so I, I sort of love it. And yeah, I love hate, love hate. And because obviously you're touring on your, oh, I mean, with, with your team, I guess, of tour managers or whatever behind you, but you're... Uh, it's one, one tour manager. One tour manager. So you, you, it's you and your tour it. manager, which is basically what I, what I tour with as well now. Do you find that different? And, you know, obviously when you start doing the clubs... You're, you're mixing with lots of different comedians, but is 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 that part of it that you're just the loneliness of it? Is that weird, or do you do you kind of? Uh, like, well, I'm quite there? I'm quite I'm very shy and I'm very yeah. I'm quite solitary anyway and stuff. So so I'm absolutely fine sure. on my own or with me and just Simon Mason, my tour manager from the comedy store. You'll probably know. Yeah. Uh, oh, but I but I equally I I I, I do miss the circuit. I do I do I do miss. Uh, yeah, the cut and thrust of the circuit. I do miss going on with other people, you know, the, the sort of crack backstage and stuff. And, and just watching other people, you know. I miss, I miss that buzz of that somebody else has gone on and they've fucking died on their ass, <laughs> and now you've got to go out and try it. Or you've, or you've done your ass and then watching them do really well. All of that is, is yeah. interesting and fun and exciting. It's a real landscape, isn't it? It's an exciting place to, to work and stuff. When you're on tour, it's, it's perhaps not quite as exciting a place to work because yeah. it's just you and your routines. Sure. I have got my routines, man. I, I, this, this is when I sound check. This is when I shower. This is when I go through my stuff. This is when I get on the exercise bike. This is when I eat. It's like that, you know, yeah. whereas when you're backstage in a small com- smaller comedy club or whatever with other people, you, you can't do any of that because everybody's just fucking talking and <laughs> eating your sandwiches and banging on about how well they did or how shit the crowd is you know it's, it's yeah. much more yeah so i don't we we used when you started i was more you just you started about 2002 and i yeah. came back to stand up about 2004 i don't remember us crossing over all that much on stage because I mean, it's weird some some people like russell howard who i was on his tv show the other day i used to yeah. be on with him all the time you know just like coincidentally it would just I'd do a gig and russell had i know he did a lot yeah. of comparing and stuff so he often you often got him comparing but I did, right. did we have a gig together at all? I never, I never compared really. So maybe no. it's that. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think. We, I mean, I'm flattered you don't remember. I'm not good. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm I don't not, think we did. I don't no. think we did. It's sort of weird we that with comedy. Together. Some people you really yeah. cross over with all yeah. the time and see all the time. Yeah. And then other people you go, oh yeah, you know, I've never, never been. Maybe on it's because we were both. I don't know. Maybe we were both headliners. So maybe that's why. <laughs> I think we're both. I was, I was going to say at the start of this, we're both very pedantic people who grab hold of an idea and won't <laughs> won't and, let it go and are argumentative. Yeah. So this and could be an interesting podcast, but so far we've we've got <laughs> forensically rinsed the shit out of an idea. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's that. No, I don't know. No, I don't think we. Did. I don't think we did. I shared a taxi with you once. I said this to you before yeah. the podcast started. I think that's the only time we met. When when was that? Because I don't remember that even, Rod. I don't. I don't think I'd even started doing comedy. I okay. think it was around about the year two thousand. I was in Clapham. Oh yeah, 
and and you you came out of a shop, <laughs> and the per, and I was with somebody. If I was doing market research at the time, okay. And and the girl I was with, I was fucking Richard Heron. I was like, whoa, I was fucking Richard Heron that. And you and you came out. You had four hundred condoms <laughs> and a bounty. <laughs> no, you came out and you got in a black cab. Yeah. And then for some reason. I got no idea how this happened, yeah. but we ended up in there with you. I got no idea how this happened. Wow. It uh, wasn't me kind of going, <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't me being <laughs> so obsequious and, and fan, fandomish. Yeah. It, it wasn't that. I, I, I don't know what it was. Right. Maybe you, maybe you invited us in. Maybe I did. You know, I'm in show business. See a couple I've of got, young I've got 400 people. condoms here and a bounty. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <of> a party. <laughs> I don't remember. I do remember once having, I remember once sharing a cab with, some people in uh, Clapham just because there was a big queue and I heard they were going to South London. I said, oh, should we share? And it was some Americans that said, oh, yeah, that never happens here. And so I yeah. shared and then they were going to a slightly different place and I ended up paying for much more than it was a much longer chat. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But I get get the... um, Because... I get I get the whole imposter syndrome thing. Do you, you yeah, you yeah. got that? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think I'm sort of more or less over it. But yeah, I was I was I you know I'm, I think we're similar. I'm, I don't think I'm quite as shy as you. It's not quite as crippling for me. But I was always pretty shy. I wasn't very good at socialising really most of my life. You know, I had to know people really, and uh, yeah, and I found, and I was really you know, feeling like, I, am I good enough to be doing this? Especially with stand-up and stuff. I found, I found that really difficult to enter that world without feeling yeah. like... And I think probably correctly the first time I did it because I was 22 and didn't have a fucking God, clue about it. that's amazing. I'm, I'm, I, am, I am amazed by people who can do this. I mean, I started at 33. That was my first... Apart from one school play that they forced me to do to try and bring me out of my shell. Yeah. Uh, 33 was the first ever time. I, I, I can't imagine 
how you got on stage and you, how you had the just, confidence to well, do it's a I, mixture I mean, I'm sure of, that's a fake, a false thing in my head. But. Well, it's a mixture of like, I can't, I can't work it out because I know how insecure I was and how scared I was. So it's a mixture of like massive overconfidence, but also, I don't know, it's, it must be a separate thing for you. If you're as shy as you are, as, as, as you've sort of discussed in, uh, you know, other shows and other uh, what, TV shows and things. The, the the idea of going on stage to someone who's shy, you'd think that's insane, but it's such yeah. a different thing that I was it's absolutely, such, yeah. you know, the idea of going to a party and talking to a stranger was absolutely terrifying to me. And I'd go to parties and I'd basically run away unless I was yeah. really drunk. But the that, idea... That, that's what I did. I, yeah. I, I run away. I mean, if Sham was, you know, she took, the, the night we met, this is only 12 years ago. The night we met, we met in a, a nightclub, a shitty night... Oh, sorry, I, I shouldn't say that one. I can't edit it. Sorry, um, you're allowed to swear. They had a shitty... No, no, I know they're swearing. Oh, it's the nightclub say... I'm worried about. Okay. Shitty carpet in this wonderful nightclub. Wonderful. <laughs> and uh, we met in there. And um, <laughs> where, incidentally, I, that's where I met my previous girlfriend 10 years earlier as well. I, have, I don't think I've been out with anybody that I didn't meet in that shitty nightclub. Okay, that's nice. For the last 30 years. Anyway, but I met Sharon in there. And, 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 and she was, this sounds awful, she was following me around. But not, 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 I'm not going rude, she was following me around. But I was running away. I was getting on really well with her. And we'd chat. And then I'd go, right, got to go. And I would run over there and stand on my own. And she'd follow me. And in the end, the end of the night, there was only two people left in that nightclub. Her, wondering where I was, and me, locked in the toilet until... And I'm I'm th- I'm 37 at this point, right? Roughly, yeah. And the um, I was thrown out because I was hiding in the toilet from God. this girl I was getting on quite well with. That yeah. that's shy. <laughs> that's I, I think you're more shy than I am, but it still would you know for that person to then <clears throat> make that and for me as well. You know, I think like as a I think as a kid you sort of like don't. I look back and go, how dare I come to London at 22 and think. I could entertain even like a 25. How dare I go to... So how 20... did you do it? So how did you I do mean, it? I mean, I was bad. I, we just, just, we bouldered on and went through it, you know, and I did. I had loads of bad gigs. I had some good gigs, but I just really, really wanted to be a comedian. You know, I really wanted to be in comedy, but... But why? Was it people around you that, that, you, that, that you, got, you got taken along with? Do you I, don't think, I think I took everyone along with me. I was so ambitious to be a comedian... I think I took quite a lot of the people who are successful comedians now from my group of people at university. I sort of led the way. You know, I go, we've got to go to London. We've got to write for the radio. I wasn't that keen on doing stand-up, but I did it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think That's I wanted incredible. it so much that I, that I was prepared to put up with. I mean, I had loads of terrible gigs and not that many good ones. I think at university I'd, had, I'd done lots of acting. I'd done lots of comedy and it had gone really well. So I had all that to keep me going oh. you know but the but the idea you know a 30 year old would be paying to see me you know paying actual money to see me a stranger trying to entertain them i can't get my head around that and, and especially knowing how like inside i just had no confidence about about my abilities you know so it was it's so strange but i guess it's a it's a different thing and like i've said i've said, I've said this in some of my shows you know that as long as everyone's sitting in rows looking at me, I'm fine with it. But if I was down amongst them, I would be, I'd find it really difficult to interact with people. You know, I'm better now than I was, but I'd find, I'd find it really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, I suffer with it terribly. I, meant, I mentioned this on a TV show once years ago, but I, I uh, so I had this girlfriend who persuaded me to do comedy for years. She went, you should do this, you should try something. And I was like, fucking, are you mad? You see, I can't even. I can't even go in a coffee shop on my own. I can't even go in a restaurant. On my own. I can't even talk to anybody. You think I'm going to get on stage? You're fucking insane. 
And, um, and she kept on about it. And in the end, of, all right, all right, I'll give it, I, end, I ended up giving it a go, 33 years old. Um, and quite enjoyed it, did quite enjoy it. And, yeah. didn't, and didn't feel as shy as I do uh, out in the audience kind of thing, yeah. like you said. And, but I can remember, the, the, one, the one imposter syndrome thing that stands out to me is, was that I, uh, I used to work at the Amused Moose Comedy Club in London, right? Yeah. So, I, so I thought, I can't just go and be a stand-up. So I'll go, and, I'll go to a comedy club, first comedy club I went to ever in my life, 27 years old, first time I'd ever seen any comedy, Eddie Azard. Yeah. And then I went to work five years later in the Amused Moose like putting out the chairs, you know, like working in a comedy club. You know, yeah. you got the t-shirt, you got the, the Amuse Moose t-shirt on. You know, you're putting out the chairs, you welcome the comedians. It's volunteer work. You're doing the lights, you're doing the sound desk and all that. And one night they had Eddie. You know, they get big names sometimes trying out new material. All of these clubs do, don't they? The small yeah. ones. You know, you'll have been there. And and they Eddie Azard came in, and I was like, oh my god, you know, Eddie. I saw you in five years ago. You're the only comedian I've ever seen, really. You know, like I was a blown. Anyway, so so I did the lights and did the thing. And he did his gig. And then about and then about a year later, I started doing comedy. And then about two years, three years after that, somebody said, my agent rang me and she said, do you want to, I've been doing comedy about three years. And she said, do you want to do a gig with you, Ross Noble and Eddie Izzard in a, in a festival? It's just you three, you three. And I was like, are you, the fuck are you talking about? Me, Ross Noble and Eddie Izzard? I was like, no, of course I don't. She was like, this, this is, it was, this is like a lot of money, you know, yeah. for somebody who's been doing stand for three years. There's more money than I'd earned that year. Sure. It's like, I'm absolutely not doing a gig with it. I'll hold his coat for him again. I'll do the fucking sound and the lights. And I'll put the chairs out. But I, absolutely. And I turned it down, you right. know, and, and I would turn it down today. If I got <laughs> off of that, I wouldn't do that gig now. I'm not, you know, it's that thing of going, no, I'm, I'm, I know where I know where I'm at. And <laughs> I know my place, you know. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I think people just assume... And some of the comedians, I think, are. I mean, some of it is bluster and some of it is covering up insecurities. But obviously, there's a confidence to being a comedian. So it, I don't know if anyone's... I don't know if I know anone who's quite as, uh, you know, wall, wallflower as, as you are <laughs> that you're describing here. No, in some ways. In some in some ways, weirdly. Weirdly confident in some ways. And, yeah, yeah. you can walk out on stage, you can play to have many people, whatever, do that. But but equally, you know, and I've said this on Would I Lie to You, although although they didn't cover the shyness part because that's a bit dark and grim <laughs> and not very funny. Yeah. I, did, I, I said that I slept outside a hotel in Spain for a month because I was too shy to check in. And uh, <laughs> they kept all the stuff about the hotel and all this kind of stuff, but they, they cut the bit where I said I was, because it was too shy, because they were like, yeah, that's not really, that's not Friday night, half past eight, is it? <laughs> but I, you know, I used to be, I used, and I still am to an extent, like I was scared I wouldn't go into shops if I was like abroad and I was, you know, on my own, and which I sometimes went on a holiday on my own, and like I was too nervous to go into any restaurants in case I didn't understand how it worked, you know. So I'd just yeah. like, eat anything, or I'd just, find, you know, I'd find a sandwich somewhere and somehow get it. But I would be so, you know, you wouldn't even try things out because I was scared. I, I go home. But if it, I go, if I went Christmas shopping now, yeah. So if I went Christmas shopping tomorrow, I would I would leave the house and and I would come home in the night with my blood sugar on the floor because I can't I, I can't go in somewhere and eat. And right. So I will try. I will try and go in a coffee shop. I'll try and go in the chip shop. I will try. I will stand outside a restaurant. I will go. Come on, you can go in there. Just go in there. Look, there's there's two people in there on their own. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Right. It. It's interesting. I mean, five I think... hours later, I go home with no food and no drink, yeah. just fucking on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> it's similar. I mean, we've got, you know, I think we've got a similar um, approach to stand up in some ways. 
uh, and certainly the the sub the way we t- you pick on us. I mean, I, what you're doing with I was watching a lot of your stuff again today, and you're just great at finding the you know the absurdity in something quite small. Obviously, the famous example of you having the suitcase handle and and yeah. and taking that idea as far as it will go. It's but it's but it's that thing. But we're both your parents were both teachers. My parents were both teachers. Um, it's it's sort of interesting. There's a lot of sort of similarities. I did hear you t- on uh, Stuart Goldsmith's you know, Stuart Goldsmith's podcast in 2012, and you'd just been doing work experience, and you were saying you were considering giving up comedy and becoming a primary school teacher. Is yeah. that? A- well, I did. I did give up comedy pretty much. Yeah. I didn't do another gig after that for right. seven years. Right. Uh, but I just didn't do the primary school. <laughs> t- <laughs> no, I mean my parents were both teachers, but yeah. everyone in my family is teachers. Me too. Says, yeah. My brother's a teacher. I'm the only one who's not. Yeah, me too. And, uh, <laughs> and I've seen what it, I've seen what it's done to them. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it is uh, brutal. Yeah, I, I, I think there's there's not the there's not the the respect. There's not the you know, not resources. Not the support. There's not the money. There's not there's not the anything to be a teacher. Other you've just got to want to do it and love it, yeah. and then just take the shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <true>. and, uh, <laughs> and focus on the reward that, that that the kids can give you, and you can get from your yourself. But but I, I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't be a teacher. No, I, mean, no. I, I say I wouldn't be a teacher. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. And I would still entertain the idea. You know, you some of these things I do great. in my work experience series. I've done thirty three episodes now. Yeah. Which BBC Wales is showing every week, every <laughs> week. This is how bad lockdown is. Lockdown, they got no content every Friday for six months. Six months on a Friday night is Rod Gilbert's work experience on BBC Wales. It's like fucking Dallas. Going six <laughs> months of every Friday, 33 episodes, nine series. They yeah. repeat every Friday. That's good. Over, literally overexposure. No, there's, there's an overexposure. So honestly. the one of those that I haven't seen that I was interest, most interested in was you did, uh, you were RAF pilot in mm. one of your work. How far did you get as an RAF pilot in, what did you do, three, oh, three or four days on the job? Is it something like that? I always get three to five days right. in total to film the whole thing. Okay. So I've got a, I've got a uh, training is usually, so teacher, one day's training, <laughs> off you go. Yeah. RAF fighter pilot in the same plane as the Red Arrows use. Right. One day's, tra- two days training, <laughs> have a go. And I was flying this, I get very airsick as well. And I, I don't, have, you ever, I don't, have you ever been in a fighter jet? No, it, it's, no. No, it's, it's not like, it's not easy jet, Orion, no. it's not like that. The G-force is insane. But because of the budget of BBC Wales, like if it was Clarkson doing it and Hammond and those fuckers, they'd be in one of those... They'd be training in them, wouldn't they? Building up their, building up their resistance and working it all out. I, nothing. BBC Wales, literally half an hour in a classroom, getting a fighter jet. So I got in this thing and they, they threw it around with me in there. I mean, I was... Here's some little known... Under, under the thing of TV, I had... I was sick eight times before they made me take the controls. Okay. So they said they've got this system. So you've got, what, you've got the guy in front of you and you're in the back, you know, and you've got controls and he's got controls. And he said, you know, he's basically like, okay, you've got control, you know, and you're like Maverick and Goose or whatever. You're like, okay, I've got control. <laughs> I, I, had, I had three sick bags with eight six in, <laughs> in my right hand while I was driving. 
<laughs> yeah, and the other thing is that the MOD wouldn't let us put GoPros on on the on the what, what's the the ejector seat, right. the lid. Yeah, that lid is like a million quid, and it expl- it, it shoots up in the air. So we had GoPros on it attached to these cameras. They were like, "You can't fucking do that." In the end, I was holding a camera like this and driving a plane, and with three zig bags with eight six in <laughs> to do this thing. Oh my god, hilarious! Absolutely amazing, amazing though. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I've done, I've done some, I've done some. But the, the idea of it isn't really to do like toughest jobs or amazing things. It, it's just you know we started off with bin man. It's just, it's just celebrating people yeah. and the stuff they do, you know, and and finding the joy and the fun in every the stuff we all do, even if it's the shit most boring shit boys. That, it's finding the, it's finding where the fun is and where the, where the challenges and where the interest is for people. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Oh, terrific. Well, I'm going to ask you some Christmas emergency questions because it's Christmas. Here's Carry Christmas emergency question. Oh, it's see-through. Um, I won't ask you that one. Uh, Why not? Because it's a, you one? went. There's no answer. This is a stupid. I'll ask you then. No answer. What, well, you're not going to be able to answer it. It's a joke What's question. Your... What is oh. your favourite Croatian Christmas carol? If you can't Croatian. think of one, just make one up and sing it now, and then everyone else can judge who is the biggest racist. <laughs> no, I did a, on Taskmaster. I, d- I did. I did an Eastern European song about a little match girl and a, oh, and God, a toothless yes. goon okay. that was. Uh, who, who, who shot her shitting face off at the end of the song and I, I didn't go down very well so so after a few glasses of wine I probably shouldn't be making up Christmas carols about okay. Croatians all right <laughs> I, mean, I mean I'm happy to okay know. I'll ask you this one do you think they have Christmas in America I I'm a bit confused about it I had this conversation with my wife this week yeah you know Sean I do know Sean yeah I don't know it, it brings that every time you say Steady. a name <laughs> So you're, <laughs> you know, as long as you haven't got a speaking there, it's okay. I can cope. As long is as it holiday? Is it holiday or is it Christmas? Because we we've seen a couple of Christmassy things uh, this week. Yeah, and you know, I don't normally go in for Christmassy stuff, but this year has been so shit. Yeah, that I've been embracing Christmas since late August. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and I've heard people talk about Christmas, and I I didn't think they talked about Christmas. I thought it was holiday. Well, that's that's true. Also, because they do Thanksgiving like at the end of November. What's don't that they? then? What's that's, all that? They have then? a turkey at the end of November already, don't they? So why they can't have another? They can't go for another turkey. So what's holiday then? Well, it's Christmas. They call it holidays because they don't want to be offensive to people who aren't Christians, I suppose. But is there that it is. what it is? Happy Human Holiday. I've got it written on here. This is Rick and Morty. Oh, okay. Is that what it is? I is that what holidays is. is? Is it like a lay kind of uh, non a secular? Know, you know, I don't even know if they have Christmas in America. No, I can tell that you've started confidently, and now you, now you don't know, do you? I don't know. That's why I asked. <laughs> do they the have Christmas? I I think they do have Christmas in okay. America, but uh, I mean, yeah, I think they do. Okay. What's the answer? Don't know. I haven't looked it up. What um, up? Do you think that having sex with the Holy Ghost is cheating? Do you know what the Holy Ghost is, Rod? Are you a, are you a religious man? I am not a religious man. No. Church, I. Fucking hated church. Yeah, I mean, is too. that is that is that bad to say that? No, I did. I I was made to go to church and I hated it. That's I was why. made to go to church. church. Church was like, church was like. This is how I looked at the weekend when I was a child. I thought Saturday. All right, Saturday. Tis was swap shop yeah, game. Yeah. Bloody gladiators <laughs> wrestling on a Saturday afternoon. Your grandmother getting dressed up. Putting her best clothes on, coming downstairs to watch the wrestling. Mick, Mick McManus, yeah. Cat Weasel, Big Daddy, yeah. 
I was going to say sugar puffs there, not sugar, but giant haystacks. Giant haystacks. <laughs> not Kendo sugar puffs. Kendo Nagasaki. And then Sunday was like the fucking punishment for having enjoyed Saturday, wasn't it? Sunday was like, I mean, I, I dreaded Sunday to the point where I would have foregone Saturday. Right. And Friday night. I would have given up Friday night, which was, we had sausage and chips on Friday night. We went swimming. That was yeah. a treat. And then Saturday was kids day, your day, your special day, like, like a small Christmas every week. Yeah, yeah. I would have given it all up to fuck Sunday off. Discuss. <laughs> Did you get? Did you have to go to Christ church every week? Every did you? I mean, not every week. My dad didn't give a shit. Thankfully, right. My dad. My dad was a. Uh, my dad died the other day, and I did the wake uh, a week or two ago. Um, but he uh, he was a committed, uh, not an atheist, an agnostic kind of thing. So he didn't give a shit. So he stayed at home. But my mother expected us to go to church, and I hated every second of that. Tedious shit, <laughs> tedious shit. Nothing uh, untoward happened to me, I have to say. <laughs> like as as, as but I, it was tedious shit. Yeah, and getting dressed up. Do you have to put it all tie how... on? No, no, Christ, no, 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 no. My dad wouldn't. I don't think my dad would have let that happen. I he he was happy for us to like. It was a compromise, you know. My mum took us to church, but my dad wouldn't have wouldn't have allowed that. I don't think. My dad, my dad, this is. <laughs> My, my parents were married for 58 years and my mum died on their 58th wedding anniversary of Alzheimer's. And, and recently, just before my dad passed away the other day, he's, never, he's not religious at all. And then he said to me, he said, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing your mother again. And I was like, what? And I know you're, I know you're grieving, but, you know, he's, what are you talking about? You're not, you're not a religious person. You and he went, and then he went, in oblivion. <laughs> But that was his attitude. In oblivion yeah, was, yeah. Was, was his attitude, yeah. She doesn't exist. That's what he said about my mother after she had 58 years of marriage on, on their anniversary. She doesn't exist. So he passed away the other day. And I, and I, and I, and I awfully, I sort of, uh, I respect his wishes to not exist now. Sure. So, uh, <laughs> so, so no, I didn't get dressed up for... No. So is sex with the Holy Ghost cheating was my question. I don't know why oh, we've go got on. Go on, don't go know on, why right. we've got on. Is it cheating? Right. If you, the Holy Ghost came in now and said, I know you're married, Rod, but I'd like a shag, would you have sex with the Holy Ghost? Do you mean, is sex with the Holy Ghost cheating? Do you, do you, do you mean, is, 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 it, is it cheating on my partner? Yeah, is it being unfaithful? That's yes. what you mean? Yeah. Okay. I, would it be counted as being unfaithful or is it? I, I thought you meant, does it, is, it, is it cheating sexually? <laughs> like in some, in some way? No. But I wouldn't ever like, mean something like that. I was sort of robbing the idea of sex. <laughs> I would I shag the Holy Ghost? Well, the thing is, what form is the Holy Ghost taking? Because I mean, there's a lot of questions immediately. There's a lot of questions immediately. What form is it taking? Yeah, is it a dove? Usually, is it, is it a dove? The Holy Ghost sometimes. So, so, so a dove <laughs> walks in. <laughs> Claiming to be the Holy Ghost. See, we're already into difficulty. The dove walks in, right? My first thought is, hello? Yeah. Here's a pigeon. Oh, no, it's a dove. And then, and then he claims to be, I say he, he, she, they claim to be the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Uh, and then what do they do? Do they, do they sort of bend over provocatively and point, point to the back with their know, wing? Is that, they, is, is that what they do? They sort of, this is all your... A projection. This is your. Oh, it's pro- all me. Is it okay? This fine. Is you right, projecting okay. this. So the Holy Ghost walks in. 
as a dove. Huh? Yeah. The dove says, hi, Rod. I was like, how do you know my name? <laughs> he says, I'm the Holy Ghost. I think, I don't know if I believe in the, the Holy Ghost enough to believe the dove. Yeah. I but, think we're all, it's not clear hey, what it that's is. That's not a no. That's not a okay. no. <laughs> but I think if your wife found out, you could say it was the Holy Ghost, so I had to. If my wife came in, yeah. right, and I was, let's assume, I don't think we'd, <laughs> what, am I upstairs or am I in the hall? <laughs> so I'm on top of the Holy, do- guess, of the holy yeah. Dove, the yeah. Holy Ghost. The Dove is on top of me. What, what is he? Uh, I think you'd be the I think you'd be the postman in the dove. It's a cloaca that a dove has, but okay. I don't know what the Holy Ghost has. Oh, a cloaca, yeah, it is good new, good use. Yeah, okay. So 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 we're in the we're in the hall. Let's assume it's missionary. The dove is on the floor, and I am on top of the dove. Yeah. My wife walks in and says, "Hello, hello, 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 hello. what's going on here?" And I turn around and I say, "It's what? Do I say it's only the Holy Ghost?" Yeah, I say it's that, the Holy Ghost, and they are, I have to do it's it. It's not. It's not how it looks. <laughs> She's the Holy Ghost. I'm not even sure the Holy Ghost is in the form of a dove. I might have made that up. Oh, oh well, I, I mean, I think whatever form it's in yeah. is is material here. I think, I think, I think if my wife came in and found me fucking a dove, I don't think I'd even need the Holy Ghost excuse. I think she'd be fine with it. She'd be okay with it. Fine with it. It's good to know. You know, the unforgivable sin, the only unforgivable sin, the only thing you can't be forgiven about is blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. That's it. Is it? That's the unforgivable sin. Does so, what we've just so, done count? count you think? I think so, yeah. So I think I, whatever I, else we do in our lives, yeah. we are doomed. I think, yeah. I think what you've done there is is taken me by the hand <laughs> and led me innocently past, past sex with a dove into the only inadmissible sin. So I'm literally going to hell. You're going to hell and there's no way a out. A man in a Christmas jumper and a comedy <laughs> moustache. <laughs> there's no way led out. Me, led me into sex with a dove. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that was going, very Christmassy, that. You're right. I'm going to... Oh, the good news about Christmas is, and I went on about it a lot in this book today, is that they found the... the do, you, do you watch The Muppet Christmas Carol? Are you a fan of The Muppet Christmas Carol? Do I, do I watch it? Yeah, do you watch it? Have, have I ever seen it? Yeah. Know? I mean, we watch it every year in our house. Oh, do you? But, you know, no, and not, it's not then to do with having kids. We always have. Every year. Is it one of your traditions? Yeah, it's a very good film. But they cut out... Um, a big song at the middle of it, and it's going to be reinstated. That's the big news. That's the big Christmas news. I I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know anything about the. I don't. No, well, think I, won't I, won't you, I won't ask you about that. No, ask me. I don't mind. I don't mind. I'm not going to ask you about it. I'll just We're let not. people know. All right, here we go. Don't you think? Do you what? Do you know the film Scrooge with Bill Murray? Have you watched that one? Yeah, I'm just going to. I'm just going to tell you yeah. very quickly that I, su- I suffer from ADD. So, A, I've got terrible memory, and B, yeah. I've got terrible concentration. But, okay. yes, I have seen that film. Okay. So, sometimes when you ask me things, yeah. I, I'll, I, sometimes I will appear to be absolutely batshit. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I am absolutely okay, batshit. Okay, that's fine. But I've got medical excuses. Okay, and that's good. Things and prescriptions to prove it. So That could help with you have sex with the Holy Ghost as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, have like... seen, I have seen Scrooge, yes. Yeah. yes. Do you think Scrooge would be a better film if Bill Murray learned nothing from the ghosts and stayed just how he was at the start? Well... I think it would be better. I don't, I, don't, I don't think it would be a better film. I think it would. Because, because, because viewers, viewers need progression, they need no. characters to learn, they, they, need, they need an arc, don't they? They don't. But in terms of if you're saying would would you prefer would you pref- 
prefer Bill Murray not to have learned anything out of some spite yeah. or <laughs> or entertainment value. I just think... But all films would be better in that sense. No, no, I think Scrooge... no arc and nobody learned anything. I think Scrooge... It's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. The best <laughs> Christmas film of all time. Yeah. Wonderful arc. He, right, he realises, he wishes he was dead. He jumps off the bridge, he gets rescued. He says, uh, you know, and then suddenly he's got shown what he, the wonderful life that he's had and he realised yeah. if there was no arc and he got rescued and then just all of it done there was just fucking downhill. I prefer that. But I think I right, think okay, not only well, Scrooge. I think that says more about you than Hollywood. No, not only Scrooge, but also Groundhog Day. But at the beginning of those films, Bill Murray is a more likable and relatable character than he is at the end of those films. And I think it'd be better. Wouldn't Scrooge be a great thing if Scrooge went? I've been visited by loads of fucking ghosts. Fuck the love you. I'm carrying on. Charles Dickens didn't give his money away, did he? The cunt. He lived in a big house in Bloomsbury. What? Fuck yeah, it. why are we starting with Scrooge? Why aren't you starting with Dickens and all that? Well, what because about... Scrooge is the character, isn't it? But also, I think, I think in Groundhog Day, wouldn't it be brilliant if Bill Murray just was the same arsehole he was at the beginning, at the end, and just went, yeah, I've learnt nothing. I don't yeah, care. but I think that's true, that's true of all films. No, all it's, films. it's true of all Bill Murray. Every films. film. No, all films. <laughs> Name me a film that is better because, because of the arc, the character. Well, sometimes people are horrible and then they change into something nice. But yeah, Bill I know, Murray, but we're all much more entertained Bill, by the prick, aren't we? <laughs> by the horrible one. Bill Murray is, is likeable at the beginning of those films and a horrible doofus at the end of those films. Well, I, think, I, 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 I would argue, I would argue that that goes for almost every film. Get rid of the arc, get rid of the character learning yeah. something and improving and realising something about their life. and come, Get rid of all of that and just have for every film should just go from shit to bad to worse to fucked credits. <laughs> Every Good. film. Good. All right. We'll do Especially one more. kids' films. Especially kids' films. Especially kids' films. <laughs> All right, here's a good one. What's the worst thing that's been drunkenly shouted at you by a friend or relative on Christmas Day? Or you could have shouted at someone else. Do you get angry on Christmas? Oh, you must get angry on Christmas Day. <laughs> you <laughs> must get angry you on Christmas Day. You must be furious on the Christmas Day. I once, um, <laughs> I once, I once, Clint Edwards once. You know Clint Edwards? No. You know Clint Edwards, the comedian? I don't think I do. Don't you? I don't think I do. Six foot five. Okay. Hunched, but, but six foot five <laughs> on paper. Okay. Beautiful man. Okay. Stunningly handsome, well-read, widely referenced, intelligent. Wonderful human being. But he... He once made me seven espresso martinis over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Which I drank, because I'm an idiot. And then, and this is one of the only times I've got angry over the Christmas period. He, um, he made me these espresso martinis. We always go, Christmas and New Year, we always go to, uh, down the Gower. Okay. Down to, uh, we all have a little flat each, and then we meet up, we have fireworks on New Year's Eve, we do things over Christmas. And uh, he made me these espresso martinis. He didn't just make them for me, he was making them for everyone, but I don't think anybody else drank seven <laughs> espresso martinis. Especially, you know what it's like at our age. Yeah. You don't mess with it. No. The system isn't built, Richard, <laughs> is it, for seven... <laughs> well, not even seven mar- coffees or seven martinis, so no. to put them together, no. that's... Uh... This, the system now is just about capable of half a, <laughs> half a mug of Mellow Birds. <laughs> Half a mug of chicory, warm <laughs> chicory. That's what we're built for now. Seven espresso martinis. Sure. And then the next day, we sort of partied all night on that. And then the next day, 
everybody went to a, a restaurant. We walked over the cliff path in the Gawa, beautiful beaches, passed all these beautiful coves, and we went to this restaurant. And then, um, and they, everybody else ate, my wife and Clint and everyone else. Barry Castagnola was yeah. there. Uh, I think Greg might have been there. I don't And then we all ate. And then I didn't eat. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling quite well enough. And then, and then we left, the, I had a glass of water, if I remember. And then we left the restaurant and I had a mile to get home. And it was at that point that the espresso martinis hit me. <laughs> Roughly 20 minutes pitch dark run across the cliff path. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to make the toilet. And I set off a pace ahead of everyone else with my phone as a torch. 20 minutes across the cliff path, back to, back to this flat. Just about made it, got through the door, got the key in the door, got in the door, got in the door, got in the bathroom, put the toilet seat down. And then shut myself everywhere into my... Just filled my trousers both sides, <laughs> like a piping bag. And then... <laughs> This is one of the few times I got angry over Christmas and then, <laughs> and then had to stand there until everyone else got back. <laughs> and then I heard my wife, Sean, and them come in the front door and the front door was immediately by the toilet. So I had to sort of call out and ask her to pass through some bin bags, just black bin bags, which I then had to stand in and get changed get all my clothes like a magician, like one of those things you had in the beach in the 70s. You know, one of those things your mother got changed in at the beach. And so I get changed everything into this bin bag. And then, and then I handed the bin bag out to Sean. <laughs> and I spent an hour cleaning up the bag. And then, and then I handed her my hat. It had gone up my hat for some reason. or Just my bobble hat. It was up the back. <laughs> Like you know, like a baby's nappy. You know, I've, I haven't got kids, but I've heard people say, "Well, it went right up their back, out the back of the nappy." This was like that, but a grown man up, up through his trousers, up, up the, up underneath the fleece and the t-shirt, and and on the back of my hat. So I passed her that out, and this is this is true love. Remember those stickers you had on your on your things as a kid? True love is rinsing out your husband's hat in a sink over Christmas. <laughs> Because there's shit up the back of it. <laughs> That's true love. That is true love. And and <laughs> and I was really angry with Clint Edwards, and that I think is the only time I've been angry with that. Because I was like, why the fuck did you make seven espresso mate? Who has seven espresso? It's not like he's in his twenties. He's he's younger than me. But who has seven espresso? We're not. You can't do that. I mean, I, you know, you've got to take some responsibility. His, yes, his point was you shouldn't have drunk them. But, that, <laughs> but, I, but when somebody's handing out espresso, once you've had a few of them, you forget, don't you? But I, in terms other angry Christmases, I don't. <laughs> I will almost certainly have uh, certainly have got angry at other times over Christmas. <laughs> but that, I remember being really annoyed at that, partly because partly because I was just trapped in this little bathroom while everybody else, because they all came back, they all came back, they they did their mile walk across the cliff path, and they were all in there. Could you? There was music outside, but I I, I couldn't even come out because yeah. I had to clean the bathroom down, and then I, and then I had to get clothes. Oh, no. It's just the shit in this story. It's the shitting in your hat. This, I just can't get. I can't get. Past <laughs> I didn't shit that. in my hat. It went up. It, it just <laughs> passed up. It went up the back and onto the back of the no, hat. Not even on the hat. 
It's... I, I was very sheepish. You know, you know, sometimes with your partner, you're quite sheepish. You know, sometimes you're quite bullish, aren't you? You kind of go, oh, will you, bloody hell, will you stop doing that? Will you do that? <laughs> this, I, I passed the hat out. I was totally naked apart from the bin bag. Yeah. And I passed this hat out and was really like reverted to, so I was, would you, would you mind washing my hat? Was... <laughs> she did. Bless, God bless her. You know. Oh my God. Right. Oh so, well... yeah, that was, a, is that, is that, is That's that the a kind good of answer. That was a good answer. Is it? Yeah, what was the answer. question again? I'm getting I angry remember. at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever got angry at Christmas, Rich? Um, I must have done. I must, you must have, have done. You must have. You're, have... you're, a, you're a pernickety argumentative. I think I, you know, but I can't. Oh, I, I, I'm, now I'm quite calm. I used to have a big temper when I was a kid and, like, young man. Did you? Yeah, I just used to lose my temper. I'm sure. Yeah. And occasionally I do. Uh, what do you lose your temper about now, Frank? What kind, well, only what kind like, of if I'm thing? Only now, and, and not recently, when the kids were little and, they had, and we were getting no sleep. Um, that's tough. Yeah, that's and we'd tough. just moved and we had a baby and a, and a th- two, two-year-old. Uh, just, I'd get into arguments with my wife that would get... And I, you couldn't, even like five minutes after they'd finished, you couldn't remember what they were about because they weren't about anything. But I broke a, I, I stormed, I got, so, I had a really angry argument with my wife and I can't remember what it was about. And I stormed out of the house and I slammed the back gate as I was going to walk the dog or something. And I broke, oh. then I broke the gate. Oh, like it's a big yeah, gate, yeah. like a, it cracked. Yeah. Uh, and that I've never, and I, and I walked I around the field. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever done that. And yeah, I walked I around the field and I was still angry when I got back. That's the, the field? Last, yeah, I, went right, I walked around, I walked the dog around the, my field where I, collect, where I moved stones. And I was still, it still hadn't dissipated when I got back. But I couldn't tell you what that was even about. It was just any time we have an argument, I now go, "Have we not slept last night? Oh, we didn't sleep last night. That's what this is. It's it's always that because we get on pretty well. And you know, I think any 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 couple has uh, has arguments, but that when you're that angry that you're kind of going out and, and that was what I was like. I used to. I remember once when I was a kid, I got angry with my parents, and I've put this in my my radio sitcom. But I slammed, I walked, I stormed out of the kitchen and slammed the door, and it and it went back on its hinges and fell off and nearly fell on my mum and would have, would have basically, you know, injured her very badly. But my granddad saw it and stood up and caught it. But this Whoa. wooden door was full. Just I'd slammed it and it went and then fell off its hinges and, and just nearly fell onto my mum. So, like, imagine imagine if that, in some reality, that door killed my mum and I've had to live the rest of my life knowing that- I'm, I, I committed matricide. Yeah, but it probably well, unless it was a very heavy door, it probably would have just flattened her <laughs> and not killed her. Yeah. I I hospitalised my mother once. Did you? Not on purpose. No. I hit. I. I mean, this is. There's no way of saying this. It sounds good. I hit her in the face with a cricket bat. I was. Not deliberately. No. Okay. That's. I'm going to say not deliberately. Every three sentences. <laughs> So nothing I can was, be taken out of context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not to. Deli- yeah, actually, no. There's no way. There's no way that somebody can't lift out some of this without me saying not deliberately. So I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna tell it because even if I put say not deliberately after every word, <laughs> still somebody could lift it out and, and fake it up and knock it up. No, I can't. Forget that. No. I've already said. I've already. It was an accident. Yeah. I hit Anthony Sewell. I think it was, it was the ant called Anthony Sewell uh, when I, we, were play, we were playing hockey and i was quite good at hockey oh but i it's not somebody famous no, no. Right. i uh, i was at school and i i hit it high and smacked him right in the middle of his front teeth and knocked out his front teeth but 
he'd already had his front teeth knocked out, so I'd just knocked out his false What, so you just knocked... Oh, you knocked out the false ones? I've knocked out his false teeth. I thought... I thought I'd knocked out his front teeth. But I'd knocked out his false front teeth that he'd already had knocked out. I thought you were going to say, luckily enough, he'd already had his front teeth knocked out, yeah. so your back just swung <laughs> through the gap. <laughs> yeah. Silently whooshed through the gap where his teeth were already missing. He was a hard I, kid. He was a hard kid, and I was, I was, I was quite scared I was going to be murdered for for doing that, even though it was an accident. But that's I quite. Might, I might as well tell you my mother now. You've okay. gone for that one. So uh, we were, we were. I was about seven, eight years old. We were waiting to go down. Okay. Yeah, we were waiting. Oh no, it's all okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be telling it if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> It was, uh, we were waiting to go downtown. My mum was taking us down to town. She was taking me and my sister and my brother down to town. And we were just waiting to go and waiting to go. We were in the garden, we were bored. And, and I had this cricket bat. My sister took a pair of underpants, my underpants, got my off the washing line and then like bowled them at me. And I was hitting them back to her. And then she bowled them at me this one time and I swung back exactly. And my mother was standing behind us. Yeah. And I looked around and her, her face had just opened from there <laughs> to there. And um, yeah, we had to go, go to hospital and uh, seven stitches to wow. uh, put her mouth b- back together. It's not as funny now to say it like that. No, it's, no, but these things are, you know, it's, it's interesting. funny at the time. I think it's interesting because you do, you know, as a family, you end up doing things to each other, you know, largely accidentally. <laughs> that if they happened in any other situation, you would never yeah. see those people again. If something yeah. accidents, accidents happen. Yeah, they, they do. do happen. They do. I'm, I'm, Got a lot of them. I've, I've had a lot of them. I've had a lot of, uh, yeah. <laughs> of accidents. <laughs> well, look, Rod, I'm conscious that we've got... I mean, I think we could go on all night. We can if you want, but... Um, I don't mind. Whatever. Um, look, no, you've been... It's been really lovely to talk to you. So you're back on the road next year at some point with the Book of John? Uh, what, yeah. yeah that's March, I think. Yeah. I think at the moment we're aiming for March. But yeah, yeah. Book of John. Yeah, it's called the Book of John. And yeah. do Good. I'm glad I got that right. And uh, Froth is the podcast that you need more people to listen to so you can make some money from it. Yeah, we're on, we're on episode 20, so it's early days. It, well, it's sort of interesting. I mean, a lot of people have started doing podcasts, especially this year. So yeah. it is a, it's a very crowded marketplace again. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're that... I, I thought it's not that bothered. Of course, you want it to be a success, but equally, we are sort of doing it for fun really yeah you know? i think so it's it's, it's uh, very yeah. professional though i like the way you uh sum up what's ha- you've already recorded it you have a nice intro where you you kind of hit ahead to what's coming up and give some little clues as what's coming up it's very professional Barry's it's quite very, it's very quite well produced it, i yeah. mean it's it's i mean it's, i say it's quite well produced it's produced you know it's it's it well is. produced by barry castagnola but it's it's uh it's more produced than a lot of podcasts probably sure. uh you know, for for better or worse, it is it is yeah. We put a bit of time into producing it, but that might not last. <laughs> <laughs> and is there, is there TV stuff on the horizon as well? Is there stuff carrying on, or is just yeah, or or is it all finished? We're we just going to see you doing working. <laughs> or is it all dried up? The all fucking dried up. Uh, yeah, I've got I've got a thing. Um, see, as we're plugging stuff, I got a thing on Comedy Central starting in the uh, in the new year called Growing Pains. Okay. Which is um, uh, a lot more fun than it sounds. It was, um, <laughs> it w- it's it's basically me. It's like, do you know? I, I liked I liked the old Room One Hundred and One. You know, when yeah. you got to know a bit about people, and it was quite intimate and personal and stuff. So it, it's that, but it's not that. 
but it's it's a chat show, but about people's teenagers. So okay. it's, it's it's Bill Bailey or Richard Ayoade or Sally Phillips or you know or Roisin Condi or whoever it is. You, if we have a second series, you <laughs> right. know, obviously. But people talking about being a teenager. It's such a rich area. Yeah. An, in, an interesting area and an intimate and personal area that is kind of, in many ways, missing from TV, I think, at the moment. Sure. Um, it seems so, to me yeah, that you're, um, you're sort of moving. I mean, like a lot of your stand-up feels like a mixture of truth and fiction, you know, and, and knowingly, Always, yeah. and I think, you know, but it feels like yeah. you're moving into into more veracity in what you're doing and more and getting into sort of slightly deeper subjects and examining yourself a bit more. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. bang on, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's always, my stuff started out as total nonsense, total surreal sort of uh, storytelling nonsense, and then moved to be a bit more truthful, but with bits you weren't sure about. And now, yeah. So it's always, it's always a mix of real and fantasy and true and not true, but it's definitely moving more, into uh well he just gets a bit like that you know you've got to evolve haven't you you know yeah. unless you're bill murray and that you know and maybe you don't want me to maybe you want me to <laughs> i want you to be the guy the guy <laughs> arguing about sandwiches with the british rail that's what i want never change. yeah 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 well i i i am you know i am i am definitely the guy that will spend half an hour in front of a british person arguing about an egg and crest sandwich but um yeah no there's probably there's probably more yeah as life goes on and you accumulate these experiences you sort of want to talk about them a bit and it's cathartic and yeah. so you, so at the moment so i'm kind of melding truth and lies and nonsense and yeah and, yeah. and, and but i think and that, you know i think comedy is good you know it's good for someone like you to talk about your shyness for example uh i know you're gonna there's other stuff you there's other sort of personal stuff that you've been you're talking about in different shows as well um but you know i think it because no one would think that looking at you and you know and i think so any guy who's you know six foot tall bluff kind of funny guy is going to go oh i can be honest about you know because most men don't feel like that and i think i you know that's sort of my little hobby horse at the moment is men not expressing themselves and comedians do sort of oh you're gonna you're, you're you're gonna love the new documentary uh, <laughs> I'm doing this. Have, you, have you you got wind of that one it's very it's very much in the area of men not talking about stuff yeah. it's about fertility and infertility sure, yeah sure. so it's it's uh that's uh i'm editing that at the moment and doing the voiceover and stuff so that's very much in that in that it's good back. but i think someone yeah. like you doing it as well you know i think you it's because you know you're seen as a regular guy i think you know by most people and it's not it's not a, you know it's not a snowflake and it's you're not like being right on you know for the sake of being right on you're just a regular person talk, talking about your actual experiences so i think that's good whether it's infertility or shitting in your hat I think it's a good thing that you've opened up. I, I'm hoping that more people can come forward now who've shot so, so powerfully into a bin bag it's that they went up their hat. I mean, that... Fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, you're tall as well. It's not like, for me, a hat isn't that far away from my ass. But no, no, your, your hat that is... is true. That is true. I am, I am quite tall. Yeah. I am quite tall, but, and this is... I, I don't want to take anything away from my bottom... But I have I have got quite a short torso, okay. so okay. so the shit didn't have that didn't far have that to travel far to up oh, well, my back. Makes, I mean that is that's full disclosure. Okay, it makes it less funny, but full I'm, disclosure. I, I've got a short that, torso. It's good that you're being honest. Let, <laughs> I'll let you go, Rod. I have got an incredibly long bottom, so it did have to travel all the way up there first. So so it's back in the game. <laughs> my bum oh, is back in the yeah. game. 
I would love you to come and do one of these when we're back in front of an audience if we can ever find a time when you're not working because I think uh, it's been lovely doing this with you uh, remotely but I think uh, I've always wanted to get you into the Leicester Square Theatre or wherever and do it live. Hopefully we'll be back in theatres next year and be able to do some stuff. But uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, do check out Rod's podcast uh, next week. I'm on Tuesday next week and I'm talking to Lou Conran. Uh, so thank you very much. All right. Cheers. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you very, 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 very much. It's been thank a wonderful you. pleasure. Cheers, thank you Rod. so much. Thank Cheers. You. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Rod Gilbert. Thank you very much to Pest for providing this Christmassy music with sleigh bells in it. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, that was the sleigh bells there. Thank you very much. I'm indebted to my producer, director, and friend, Chris Evans. Not that one. And uh, all of his family, really, are fantastic as well. Uh, everyone who works for Go Faster Strike, we didn't get to spend too much time together this year. But uh, thank you to... Craig and Kinder and George, the incompetent sound man particularly. Um, thank you also to everyone at ACAST for looking after us this year and helping us get through a difficult time. Thank you to everybody at the British Comedy Guide who are doing sterling work for us still with my more esoteric podcast, but you can also listen to this on that platform as well. Thank you also to Ben Walker. Uh, our usual producer, who hasn't had too much to do this year, but has helped us with putting all the ads and everything into the podcast. So, um, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStrike.com production. Head to GoFasterStrike.com. You can buy lots of my downloads, DVDs, books, and also become a monthly badger. GoFasterStrike.com slash badgers and help us make even more content in 2021. Let's hope we're allowed outside. Let's hope that uh, we can do some Halastapas in actual theatres. Imagine. Alright, cheers kids, see you around. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.